Welcome to another episode of the Ignite Your Mind podcast, a safe place for real talk on discovering powerful stories, talking about mental health, real business journeys, and hearing inspiring stories. My name's Sanjay Patel, and I'm a transformational life coach. And this week, I have another special guest that is Rebecca Iden. This is one of those stories I love hearing firsthand. Rebecca went through a traumatic experience at such a young age where her dad was sent to prison. She was five years old at the time and then growing up in a toxic environment which was mentally straining and then ended up with two abusive relationships. She still found it within her to create her own business. I mean, this is one of those stories which seems like a movie. Her motto for her own podcast called the Rock Bottom Up Podcast is that tell your story with the intention to set others free and my god rebecca definitely done this an absolute hero i hope you enjoy okay then and welcome to another episode of the ignite your mind podcast myself sanjay patel and again i bring these powerful powerful guests to tell their stories um i'm super super excited about this one she actually runs her own podcast called the rock bottom up podcast uh, I'll put the links below, so please go check that out. Um, some real powerful stuff there. Um, but yeah, without further ado, Rebecca, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, very well. It's sun, the sun's shining in England, so we're all good. We're all happy. I know. It changes the mood, Brilliant. doesn't it, of everyone? <laughs> but no, we're yeah. all good. Um, look, Rebecca, I, I, I wanted to bring you on um, to the podcast. My, the previous guests I've had, it's all about telling your stories. Forever, uh, mm-hmm. what you've been through, all the challenges... And the fact you're still here today, living your life and trying to make it the best you can, that's what it's all about. And I, I genuinely think that if people are listening to this and they hear these stories and they're going through similar experiences, it can really help them. Uh, and that's the goal. That's the mission. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, we've had a chat before. Um, so let's dig, let's dig straight in. Um, so, Rebecca, take me back to what it was like with Rebecca growing up as a child. What were you, what were you like? Okay. So growing up as a child, I was really, I was, well, it's two different versions because up until the age of five, I was really bubbly, really happy. I was, you know, just a little annoying, happy kid because I grew up with my dad and my mum. Mm-hmm. But then at the age of five, my dad went off to, he went off to prison. Mm-hmm. So, and that changed our lives drastically. So we had social services heavily involved. So we actually had to live in a safe house for a while and then it impacted my mum badly so my mum's mental health went downhill um and then our my baby brother was just born as well so I was five and he was just born so um can I ask you just just on that you're obviously five years old right yeah and your your dad goes off to prison so as a five-year-old like how (laughs) how did you take that because I assume as a five-year-old as a kid you don't really know what's going on you don't really know too much right from wrong like how did you take that well all all I remember is just because um, up until the age of five, it was roles reversed. So my mum used to be the breadwinner. She used to go out working. Uh, my dad, it was me and my dad at home, my dad and I at home. So then when he went off, I just remember feeling lost and not knowing what was happening. And I actually remember, I actually, I had this really vivid dream that I actually still remember and I can still feel when I, when I talk about it. So we used to have this big garden and my dad in the dream my dad was mowing the garden and then water started to rise up and he started to drown and then he reached out his hand to me and he just said becky becky help me like he just wanted me to help him and i had this oh sense God. of fear. yeah <laughs> no it's really traumatic yeah. but 
you know, I thought that that was because it was very traumatic him being just ripped away from me because yeah. it was just it was me and him and I didn't have him anymore. And now I had this little baby brother and my mum, who I wasn't as close to as my dad at all. So and then that's when I started to become I grew up quite angry. I blamed my mum for him going away because I didn't really understand what went on. Um, yeah, and then, so during school, I was, was the little angry kid. You know, you always have that angry kid in school. Mm -hmm. That was me, you know. So in primary school, I would, um, we used to have to stand outside the head teacher's office. His name was Mr. White, and he knew me every day. So I used to stand outside his office with my, with um, I was had to face his door and just stand there for about, I forgot how long it was, 40 minutes, I think the, the, um, yeah, what was it, punishment detention. was, yeah, that was it, detention. That was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then when I went to secondary school, I got detention all the time, and then I finally got expelled in year nine, when I threw a chair at the head teacher, you know, as you do, as you do, bloody hell, okay, <laughs> so right. that was, yeah, that was that, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like, of. Uh, uh, obviously a traumatic experience there is a it's not going to be an easy thing to take and i think you know when you're when you're growing up through school you're you're like a sponge aren't you you're a kid you're a sponge you you're susceptible to things so yeah you got expelled uh at year nine um then what happened after that so i think from i always had this kind of mindset that i wasn't going to amount to anything so I think that's what contributed to it as well, because when um, contributed towards my behaviour in school, because that's what the teachers would say to me, you know, that I'm just out of control. They constantly had to have meetings with me. My mum, my mum couldn't control me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I had that mindset that I wasn't going to amount to anything and that I wasn't going to get the grades. I wasn't smart. But then... When I got kicked out of school in year nine, I'd actually auditioned to get into the Brit school because I, I used to love dance. That was mm -hmm. like a way of expressing myself. So I'd, I applied to get into the Brit school. I didn't get in the first time. So I thought, yeah, there we are, like another thing that I just can't achieve. And then my, my, my god sister at the time, she was like, no, try again, because she was a dancer as well when she got in. So I tried again. I had to make up my own dance. And then I got in because I appealed and I gave them a strong case of why I should get in. So then I got into the Brit school. Um, and then that kind of, I mean, that helped because it was such more of a small environment. It's not a very big school, the Brit school, and it's mm -hmm. a lot more strict because you have a discipline of dance or whatever performing arts, you have to be very strict of your studies. Right. So then that, that helped me to focus. And also outside of education, I didn't have a lot of support um, with, regards to family you know our families yeah it's not not great so then um i found support in church i started going to a church group and the youth group gave me a lot of support and then that's when i started changing my mindset that i actually want to be different from my family i actually want to not different in a, like break away from them but i want to start working through the bad patterns and behavior that i had learned from my family mm -hmm. and that had been passed on through generations and that my uncles and my aunties had like the whole family. I just wanted to start working through that. And I wanted to be the one to break the mold. Is that the same? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So what, how old were you when you started doing that? Like going to church and how, what was your that age? Was 15. 
So you're 15. Okay. Yeah, so um, just before I started year 10, well, that was throughout year 10 and 11 when I attended the Brit School. So that was 15. And it was a massive help because I, don't, I think if I didn't start attending church, I don't think I would have gone to college. I don't think I would have gone to uni. I don't think I would have done all the things that I've done in these years. But I think I would have just gone off on probably just being pregnant, you know, as, you know, as people do. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. Oh wow! Okay, so when you um, when you changed that 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 mindset, right? Where were you living at the time when you were fifteen? When you made that decision to to go to church and change your life? Uh, so I was uh, in Croydon with my yeah. mum and my brother. Okay, so you still so as you still grew up, obviously around your mum. Your mum raised you, and your brother was there, so you still were with them at, at the time. Yeah, yeah, still with them. Um, but then, because I, I have I have really good friends, and one childhood friend I grew up with, Gifty, she was she always lived around the corner from me, so she was kind of like my safe haven from my mum. Kind of, um, mm. you know, so me and my mum would get into these explosive arguments, and I would just get kicked out, or I, or I would just walk out. So it was a very, very angry, um, toxic household that i yeah. grew up in you know um so yeah my friend was always the safe haven for me because i would always just go around to her house and be with her parents yeah big up gifty yeah <laughs> okay what, what would you argue about so um i i think me and my mum clashed i think is um well recently we've been having these conversations because my mum's like been going to counseling and getting help mm. for herself and we've just been coming together as a mum and daughter team but before, we've been discussing why we used to argue so much and um, why we couldn't get along. And my mum said that she stopped focusing on me and she would focus all her time and energy into my little brother mm -hmm. because she felt, I, she felt like I was kind of tarnished by my dad. Right. So she always viewed me as a daughter of my dad and that she would always say, you're just like your dad. And, you know, my dad wasn't, a very nice man towards my mum like even in the five years of what I remember of him he was a great dad to me but mm. he was not a very nice man so it's like he would beat my mum he would you know control my mum she wasn't allowed friends she wasn't allowed to you know when she if she did go out to the shop she would be questioned when she got home about who she spoke to you know and I, I actually remember in those five years that I grew up with them about I would just scream and tell them to stop arguing mm. and there are you know there are crazy stories like my mum's only got two front teeth and that's because right. my dad knocked all the rest out but I didn't actually know that so I'm learning all these things like now so like even he was a great but the thing and I think why I'm doing this why I wanted to come on and why I'm doing my own podcast is because my dad had his own childhood trauma that he didn't deal with my dad was actually severely abused by his mum and dad mm -hmm. and it's like that pattern that a the abused mostly turn into abusers and yeah. that's what happened to my dad so it's yeah. kind of like he went from relationship to relationship um you know abusing all these women because he had all this turmoil inside of himself and then it you know it ended with my mum kind of thing because then he went to jail um mm. not over that but yeah and so when because I grew up in that environment she saw me as tarnished by my dad and because I loved my dad so much she didn't want to and she had all this bitterness and resentment inside of him, inside of herself for my dad. She kind of took that out on me growing up, you know, she, cause I always shouted at her, why do you resent me? 
Like, I just remember that bit being a thing. Why mm. do you resent me? Like, because, and she admitted now that, because all of her energy was focused on my little brother, you know, because um, she wanted him to be better than me, I think, something like that. So that's why we used to argue, because we used to clash, you know. Yeah. Like that. Man, yeah, that doesn't <laughs> sound, I mean, look, it, it's, 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 it's obviously heartbreaking to hear stories like that and obviously what's happened. But like you said, because he was, he had that previously in his life when he was growing up, it just reciprocates in, in later life. Cause you know, it's built in you sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I totally believe in having, you know, I know it's really hard to have grace for like abusers and, yeah. you know, people who, who are like my dad, who, have come to the end of his life and he's never dealt with these issues so he, he's he was quite nasty but yeah. if he had dealt with that you know if i don't know if someone had helped him when he was younger if someone had helped him get through his traumatic childhood because you know if the two people that take care of you your mum and dad abuse you you're you know that that's meant to be your primary um source of love and care they have abused you they've they've taken the trust out of you that's going to severely impact you. And that's what happened with my dad. So that's why I have, I, I actually have more grace for people who are, you know, it, in a domestic relationship. Like I do have grace for the guy, like, cause the guy has problems of his own. The guy needs help. And I don't, you know, the, the woman needs to, woman needs to leave. She needs help. She's the victim, yeah. but the man needs help as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, you, you're absolutely right. And it's interesting you say that because, um, a couple of weeks ago, I had another guest on the podcast and she was in a, an emotionally abusive relationship uh, and she's out of it now. But what she said is that I have no hate towards him because mm. it was he had issues. Yeah. And she, once she realized that and obviously she was out of the relationship, she then realized that it wasn't her. It wasn't her in that in the wrong. It was him because he had underlying issues, which she just couldn't see at the time. Um, so it's yeah. exactly the same same thing or same pattern as you said um yeah wow okay so all right so so you you turned 15 you went to church um did you say that almost like saved you a little bit yeah, yeah. definitely amazing i still go to church today <laughs> do you amazing how old are you now if you don't mind me asking 27 27 okay so you've been going what 12 years quick maths well done sanjay um, yeah <laughs> is that right I'm <laughs> okay um so you still go now i mean like so talk to me after that so you're growing up what, what happened when you turned what, what actually what was the relationship with your brother as well like when you were growing up right yeah so me it's interesting so me my brother and i we were we're, we're so close so close um mm -hmm. but growing up I, I was you know i like i said i was the angry kid and i i'm everywhere angry kid with my friends at home at school so i actually used to beat my brother up but it, not in a kind of a fun sibling way like as you do i actually used to bite him and leave bite marks on him so and he actually couldn't go to school and it was very dangerous because we had social services in our lives and mm -hmm. he could have been taken away at any point so it was actually that's my anger was just all put on my brother growing up and but yeah. until he was but that was when he was really, that was when I was really young. I mean, that didn't carry on for a long time because when yeah. he turned 12 and I turned 15, that's when I started bringing him to church with me. Cause I was like, I need to get him. I need to get him out of the family home. I need to make him see that there is more to life. Mm 
Yeah. So, so you saw that, didn't you? So you were like, right now I can see it. I can, I actually believe it. I can start bringing him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I used to take him out everywhere. Like he would be, my friends know him as their little brother because he used to come everywhere with me. So he started to come to church with me. And then I started, when I started going to uni at 18, um, because we come, I come from a single parent family on benefits, you know, uh, you, you get loads of like free money in uni, like the grants and all that. So, mm -hmm. and I was really disciplined with my money. I, I had been ever since I was 16 when I first started working. Mm -hmm. So I knew cause a pattern in my family had been being bad with money. Like just okay. you, you get it, you waste it. You don't save it. There's no investment. So I wanted to change that pattern. So, and that's what I started doing when I, from when I was 16, I started working. Um, so when I went, I worked all throughout college. I worked all throughout uni. Um, and I also got all the grant money. So I would save a lot of that money. And with the rest of it, I took my brother traveling. So we went to America, went to South Africa, Spain. We went to like London every weekend. I took him to Scarborough, like different places, just everywhere. Mm -hmm. So, um, cause I wanted to broaden his mind. Um, yeah. so that's what me and yeah. So my brother and I, we were together all the time. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was that's that was our relationship. Amazing, amazing. I love that. And I think that's a credit where credit's due, like taking him out of that that scene or that scenario where he could easily have gone the other way. Um, but you had you had his back. So yeah, amazing. Um and then so yeah, talk us through like when you got to sort of eighteen, nineteen, what were you doing then? You said you started working when you were sixteen. What did you what did you do? Yeah, so I started working as a carer. So as soon I knew I was getting my NI number soon. So I kept ringing HMRC. I was <laughs> yeah. like, when's it arriving? Yeah. Because I want to work. So, um, oh, yeah, I tell you what, I, that's a rare thing some, sometimes when I, see, I hear some people, they're just like, yeah, I don't want to work. I'll just rather yeah. live off the money or whatever. Like, it's, uh, yeah, so well done. Good, good on you. <laughs> so, yeah, I started working as a carer and I did that all throughout college whilst getting EMA. You remember EMA? Yeah. Remember EMA? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So then I started working as a carer uh, yeah. from the age of sixteen. I did that all throughout college. Did for all that all that throughout uni. Yeah. And um, then after, because I did, I studied history in uni. So I wanted to be a history teacher. That was my thing because I oh, wanted right. to work with young people. Because um, yeah. I always had this passion to help young people from um, poorer backgrounds, from un, you know unprivileged. Is that mm -hmm. underprivileged? Underprivileged, yeah. <laughs> underprivileged yeah. backgrounds. Um, to have a step up in life so that was that was my passion so yeah so but then I think for me so I I had this thing of I wanted to break the the pattern of not working the pattern of finances the pattern of kind of seeing the world and not being stuck in one place I wanted to break all of that because that's what my family had but one thing I didn't actually um I didn't actually know was a problem until last year when I was 26 was the the pattern of being in abusive relationships because um I grew up around my dad obviously abusing my mum even though that's not a memory of mine I still grew up in that environment and even mm -hmm. when my dad went to prison um my mum obviously carried that trauma with her and she never dealt with that trauma so I me and my brother have grown up with my mum's trauma so you know when I was I didn't really I wasn't in and out of relationships. I stayed single throughout uni. You know, didn't get in because I was so focused on my studies and my family and working. Yeah. But then after uni, I got into a, a relationship. And even though I knew him throughout uni, I got into the relationship after uni. And then 
and it just became very um, emotionally abusive and it was very manipulative that he became very controlling so it was showing all the signs of like my mm. dad which i've like now learned but um i was with him for like two and a half years and then after coming out of that relationship i kind of i didn't know how to it was so painful i didn't know how to process it so i just went wild for a year like just in and out of like different situationships and stuff and then i met and um I met a guy who I got into a relationship with again at the end of 2016 and I was with him for about two and a half years and that was abusive on different levels like that was emotionally abusive it, it became physical at some times so it's kind of like I think for me I realized last year that oh my gosh I'm repeating a pattern of being in abusive relationships so I think mm. when I ended that last year I thought I'm I'm going to work on that now. Like this now, this is the pattern that I'm now going to break because I refuse to be in another abusive relationship, and yeah. I need to deal with this. So then, like, so because I noticed the pattern in my brother as well, you know, because my brother has his own issues, but one of them is being in these dysfunctional relationships, and I think it's because we grew up dysfunctionally. My mum was in a dysfunctional relationship; she never dealt with her issues. And it's projected onto us. Mm -hmm. So now we're going on and we're projecting it onto other people or we're yeah. attracting those sort of people. You there's know, a th there's a thing about this. It's like you even know the forefront of your conscious mind knows not to be in a abusive relationship or sees the patterns. Your subconscious mind takes over because mm. it's so built in. It's so built in you. You don't even realize you're doing things about doing it. Um, and that's where your subconscious mind is so powerful. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you said you caught yourself essentially after the two relationships, you caught yourself. I just want to talk about the first relationship a little bit more. Yeah. Tell me more about, because the reason why is because there's, uh, there might be someone who's in an abusive relationship and maybe doesn't know it, or maybe is not aware of the patterns. So talk me through when you, after uni, you obviously knew the guy, but then you got into the relationship what happened in the relationship that made you aware or the trigger moments? Like what was the patterns? What happened? Okay. <clears throat> okay. So the, the obvious ones were he would, he wouldn't. So after uni, I broke out in spots. I think it, cause it was the stress of my dissertation. Right. And I used to drink coffee. So, right. so much. And so I just broke out after uni and, um, but even though it calmed down after like a short while afterwards, but he would be like, Rebecca, I don't want to see your spots. You know, let's go and buy some makeup. Let's cover them up. Cause <laughs> Bluntly I, I is that? Yeah. It, no, he would say that, but like, he was, <laughs> wow. I'd be like, Oh, yeah. well like maybe like, Oh, like, no, maybe I shouldn't be like showing that. Cause throughout uni, I didn't wear makeup, you know, yeah. and like, yeah. I still don't now, like I wear lipstick, but that's mm. it. But, um, throughout uni, I was happy didn't wear makeup I was very like just confident but after that I just started like I remember saying to my friend Stacy because she's like into makeup I was like what do I need to buy do I need to buy foundation um like and I don't know all that jazz so I went out and brought it and I used to wear it yeah. so that was one thing and then he would take me shopping because he didn't like the way I dressed right yeah so okay. um but it the thing is he would do it like because he wanted to treat me he wanted to buy me things and you know yeah. he would kind of smother me with all the because he used to 
like pay for everything because he chose to but even though i think of it now that that was a way of control because yeah. he he made sure he paid for everything so then kind of i didn't have a say in it in anything right. um and so once so but there's one thing and because he didn't like my friends, even though I had really good friends, he didn't like me hanging around with them too much. And I remember going, I went out for, and I, I'm not a clubber, I don't go out night clubbing a lot, but I went out once with two good friends of mine, and I, I let him know, like, this is where I'm going, I'm going out dancing, you know, and I texted him throughout the night, but then I got in at 5am in the morning, because it was a good night, right? And um, I said to him, like, oh, I've just got home, and then he would, he would go, he went nuts, like, he just, you know, how dare you get home at 5am, but he, in the sense of, when people are man manipulative, they really know how to make you feel like you're the one in the wrong, so all this time I felt like, oh, it's me, like, I'm the one, because throughout the relationship, I would always say to my friends, like, oh, I, you know, he said this, but I think I triggered him, because I said this, and they would be like, no, Rebecca, it's not your fault. You start questioning yourself, like doubting yourself, essentially, which yeah. really burns your self-esteem and confidence at the same time. Yeah, he did. Mm. And it's, it's crazy because I'm not someone that can be controlled. Well, that's what you would think anyway by knowing me because I'm so mm. crazy in a good way. Yeah, um, yeah. But he, <laughs> yeah. but he, yeah. he really did. Like, he really got to me. And even like, so obviously when we come on our period of women, I'm going to speak about this, we get emotional, mm. like we cry, you know, and yeah. um, I used to cry around that time and he would just be like, I don't want to see you, like, why are you crying? Like he would never comfort me or anything like that. He would, it would just be like, no, no, stop this. But I, oh, even thinking about it, I can't even explain the things that he did. Yeah. It was crazy. But getting to that point where it's so, I mean, it's typical traits of a narcissist that being that. Yeah, I, I honestly believe he was a narcissist. Like, I don't say that lightly about people, mm. but I do believe, I don't even believe my, my recent ex was a narcissist. I just believe he had issues. But the first mm. one, I honestly believe he was a narcissist or a sociopath, whatever. Yeah. So how did you get out of that relationship? So it wasn't easy. I feel like I wanted to end it for a long time, but he he honestly controlled every area of my life. Like even at Christmas, I wanted to buy my mum and my brother. I wanted to spend more on them. And we had that, this saving budget. So I spent a little bit more on them and I told him and he was not happy about that. He went nuts. So I think it was from, I thought, you know what? I need to get out because I told my friend that about me spending on my mum and my brother and him going nuts. And she was like, Rebecca, this is enough now. You need to get out. Um, so I think I just, I would think about it every day. And I, he would make me cry nearly every week. So I was constantly sad, constantly upset. And I said, I need to, I was just encouraging myself like, okay, you need to get out. You need to get out. And then I just spoke to my friend Stacey and I said, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. And then, so um, and she really encouraged me. She motivated me and to get out of the relationship. So then the next day, I had to send him a long text because I, I could not do it on the phone. It just was not, it couldn't happen. I sent him a long text and it was a nice text, but I said, this has to be done. I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry, I'm done. So I sent the text on WhatsApp and I blocked him. But then, oh my gosh, you don't get out of these relationships easily. That's the thing. So drama started. So he, um, he was actually... 
he got a cab because he used to live in East London. He used to got he got a cab from East London, South London. But I made sure I wasn't home because I knew he was going to come. Yeah, so he yeah. knocked on the door. He tried to push past my mum. My mum was like, "No, he, he's not. Be, be, uh, Rebecca's not here." So then he he kept emailing me with threats, like constantly emailing me, emailing me, emailing me, what and then he, he requested. Hmm? What would he say in the emails? Well. <laughs> Oh, I don't really want to say that. Okay, actually. okay, fine, yeah. fine. <laughs> but fine. he would just, he, he would, I don't know, yeah, he would just say things. And then because of those threats, he would, he requested the £50, or I think it was eight, it was either 50 or 80 I have those two figures in my head, but that was what his cab cost him to get to my house, and he right. wanted that back, so I had to, I sent that in to him, to just to get him away from me. But yeah. then he wouldn't stop, so then I actually had to get the police involved. But then I, I put in a statement and I've said to him, I said to him, I've put in a statement. I don't want to put it in. I said, I really don't want to do this. So I said, if you contact me again, then I'm going to fully put in the statement. I will push it. So then after that, that's when he left me alone. So it took you, took you to get law enforcement involved to actually yeah. be like, right, that's now done. Yeah, it's because I mean, he couldn't control me anymore, and I realised that he couldn't control me anymore, and that yeah. he just that's just sent him wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going against the grain, aren't you? Well, against his grain. I think two things out of that is big up Stacey, wherever yes. you are. Um, there's a, another thing is that and this is what we say in, in my other podcast is that you surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. And my God, it can completely change everything. It yeah. can completely change everything. And just for your exact exact example, it did, right? Yes. You re- reached out to a friend and all of a sudden your mindset started to shift. Your mindset started to change. Be like, actually, no, no, this is not right. And I need to get out. And I think this is so powerful where if you are in a abusive relationship or you have been through a traumatic experience and you are struggling in a situation, there is people out there who you can speak to. You just need to find them. Just need to actively find them, but they can change everything. So look, yeah. well done. Yeah, and big up, big up Stacey. Um, so okay, and then yeah, you went into the next relationship. You said he wasn't so much of a narcissist, it wasn't it was a different relationship, but it was the same pattern, you said. Yeah, so I had like a year break, but in this yeah. I was just doing crazy stuff. I like I feel like because I felt so trapped in that relationship, I needed what I thought was freedom at the time. Yeah. So that's what I went off and did. And um then I met my, my ex but he was a bit older than me and he mm-hmm. had issues with drug and alcohol abuse so um yeah. it was that that gave him the abusive qualities but honestly i think if it wasn't for the drug and alcohol abuse he would have been an amazing guy yeah. um and that's that's the thing about women and even men you know we make excuses we think no they're amazing people but he was and but he had drug and alcohol abuse that i tried to support and see him through but oh my god, the relationship got so toxic and messy that, and it was yeah, it was horrible. So I actually decided to win that last year. Like that wasn't an easy one because I think that was more of a loving relationship than the mm. first one. The first one was just control. This one was loving, but so toxic, so abusive, um, mm. because of the drug and alcohol abuse and. Um, also because I hadn't recovered from my first ex as well. I think, you know, I'm not, put, he was the kind of the issue, but then mm-hmm. I became toxic as well towards the end because all my issues just exploded. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, it sounds that like when you were speaking about that, the second relationship, it sounds like that uh, there actually could have been something there. There could have been yeah. 
a really a really powerful deep meaningful relationship but it's just that substance the substances got in the way yeah um, which is a it's a real shame and i'm yeah sorry to hear that um okay cool so left that second relationship what happened then this is last year right yeah this is last year okay. so this is why i started my po- my podcast rock bottom up because right. last year life actually hit rock bottom mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. i came out of that relationship but then he kept like kind of they could that he couldn't let go so he kept contacting 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 oh, i just it was all messy and then i had i owned my own coffee shop so from 2018 to last year i owned my own coffee shop which was a childhood dream of mine nice. i loved it nice. um it was, was amazing it chalk talk chalk chalk so like, oh okay you know, okay yeah, yeah chalk coffee and creativity so nice. it was like because the tables and the walls were chalk boards so people Amazing. could write on them. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, okay. it was really cool. cool. Um, and then, so I own that. So, but then, because I don't have a lot of money behind me, I reached a point where it wasn't making money quick enough. And because it was quite popular with the people, but it wasn't making money quick enough and it wasn't in the right location. But mm. especially because on the strip that I was, it was in Croydon. Like, like, the shop's still there now. It's in Salesden. Mm-hmm. But on the strip, there was a Costa right and i couldn't understand because my coffee was good i'm a coffee lover the coffee was good i got compliments in it all the time mm-hmm. but every time i walked past costa there was crowds in costa and i thought <laughs> if i had crowds in my shop on a daily basis maybe i would have survived that's yeah. why i'm so i'm actually passionate about supporting small independent business mm-hmm. so but you know that was the case so i wasn't making money quick enough so I knew, so I was working two jobs as well as running the coffee shop, just trying to make it survive. And then I was going to go into partnership with someone. So someone had approached me to go into partnership with them mm-hmm. to boost life back into the shop. But then they, they fell through very late into the deal. And so I rang up business deadline and I said, like, what are my options here? And then they said, one of your options is bankruptcy you know because it will give you a clean clean slate so think about it so i did research and i thought you know what i'm gonna go bankrupt so i'm i applied for bankruptcy last year september oh and also sorry whilst i was running the coffee shop and working two jobs my mum and i just our relationship completely deteriorated and she kicked me out of home so uh (laughs) just to add a caveat to that yeah okay yeah yeah so then i was living in my like my car was full of stuff and then i was like sleeping everywhere and it was just so last year was a mess you know and then but my friend like stacy's parents who i grew who i've grown up with they took me in so big up stacy god you got some you got some good people around you i've got amazing people five i've got five amazing people five good friends and um, shout them out warrior shout them out what's the, what's the, who are they okay it's gifty you yeah. know the one i mentioned stacy yeah um jennifer yeah carolina and nicola and i have like i mean they're my five main people i have also a friend mm-hmm. stephanie who's amazing she mm-hmm. supported me in the shop last year so much and i also have my god sister shariah who i've grown up with but those amazing. five people i depend on i mean look, so, look um, a lot of people that probably listen to this won't know who they are but that's irrelevant it's the point that you've got those people you've got those people to surround yourself with and to call on to help to have conversations that's the most important thing um so yeah thank you thank you for sharing and big up yeah. those those people 
yeah so it's actually so that and it's an example of why it's so important to invest into the relationships in your life especially mm. when you're in a because when you're in an abusive relationship you tend to just shy away from all the people and then you don't invest and yeah. then you lose people so then it's so much harder to come out of that relationship and when you finally if you do and when you finally do there's no one there because you've pushed them all away so talk to people and invest into your relationships your friendships mm-hmm. you know yeah so then yeah everything came to everything fell apart last year so but then stacy's parents took me in so i live i actually live there now like with the parents and the brother because stacy's mm-hmm. engaged she's moved out um yeah and then so everything fell apart last year <laughs> so i lost my coffee shop mm-hmm. i wasn't speaking to my mum for six months because I, I i believe it's even though she's my mum and i love her i believe it's very important to put in boundaries with toxic people and sadly if your family is toxic you need to put in boundaries and i needed a break i needed Mm -hmm. that time so we started talking again at the beginning of this year january like properly Mm -hmm. and um it's actually been all uphill since um you know like my mum's getting counseling because you know because and it's because i've constantly loved my mum i believe Mm -hmm. you know people talk about unconditional love unconditional love isn't easy you know it's so much easier to walk away from people yeah but i actually i refuse to walk away from my mum and my brother so it's i have loved her through her prideful moments the stubborn moments the moments where she's put the blame on me but i'm not i'm not that i haven't done that on my own i've done that with this with because through my faith because my faith is about unconditional love you know Mm -hmm. and with friends support because it hasn't been easy but i've loved her through it and it's gotten her to a place where she now she's she yeah she told me i want to talk about it let's talk about this um i want to heal from this and in her deciding that she wants to heal and move forward that helps me and my brother amazing you know yeah I mean, okay, so let's just let's just do a little um, summary. Rebecca Eden, I mean, this it, it's one of those stories, right? That I I love hearing the fact that you had that traumatic experience when you were five years old. Your dad went to prison. Your mum broke down. Obviously, you had a little brother. You went ten years growing up around that situation and that toxic environment. Yet then 15, you started to go to church, saved your life, changed your life, changed the way you think. You saw a different light. You saw a different view on the world of what you can have. And then going to starting to work at 16 straight off the bat as a carer, especially. I, I, I don't know because I've done that, but I can full well know that that must be a, still a difficult role. And then going to university, doing all of that and then coming into two abusive relationships that were a pattern behavior but yet still coming out of both of them and catching yourself and then going in to run your own business in a coffee shop regardless if it's failed doesn't matter 99% of businesses fail start businesses You, you know you learn from that but the fact you actually went out and had two jobs and was running your own coffee shop and been through all of that shit in the past and all of that stuff right and still done it regardless if you've been declared bankrupt that doesn't matter you 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 live and learn and now your mum's finally getting help she wants to that's the key thing she wants to you're not forcing it upon her um 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot in it, but I think that's one of the reasons why I want to because I'm, I'm start I'm applying to study counseling now. Like, I think that's what I'm working towards, and I'm yeah, kind of yeah. working in that role as a trainee at the moment. Um, and I think that I really want to help people heal from childhood trauma and work through toxic patterns and habits. Because I think when we do the hard work of breaking down toxic patterns and behaviours, then we inspire someone else to do the same. 100%. And that's what I want to make my life about. And I also want to help other people do do that. I mean, it's a hero story. Rebecca, it's a hero story. <laughs> the fact, do you know what? Because the reason why I say it is because there's a lot of people that could have gone through all of that you've gone through and still not made it out the other side. You caught yourself. You caught yourself. And you, and you even run your own business. Well, that's not easy to start off with. No. There's a lot that goes into that, I could imagine, um, from, from a coffee shop perspective. Uh, but, like, coming, coming through the other side and still doing that now and then being able to say, look, I want to help, you know, other people that are going through similar experiences that I've been through and being able to, to, to care for them and help them and guide them or whatever you want to do and be that counsellor, be, be whoever, be that person, is still credit where credit's due. So moving forward, um, first of all, yeah, well done. I'm so glad you come on this podcast oh, and tell your story. You. Like, yeah, it's powerful. Fucking powerful. <laughs> so I want to know, now moving forward, you said what you want to do. Mm. But what is your mission in life? Well, I... I've always had this kind of mission ever since 15, but I think it's even stronger now that I, I just, how do I, how do I explain it? So, because oh, I want to tell my story and to help other, to set them free, to help others heal, inspire others. But I want to, whatever that looks like, because at the moment, you know, I'm working in that sort of role. I'm doing the podcast but and hopefully I get onto the like the master's course in September because and then that will give me qualification to work as a counsellor um and because I don't know how what's that going to look like but in my everyday world I think that's what I do because um you know it's, I'm becoming more more attentive to people I'm noticing people more like you know really asking people are you okay mm -hmm. do you understand what I mean so it's affected mm -hmm. my my daily world in such a big way because I just I really want to get people through through whatever it is because I, yeah. I know what it's to be in such you a know full well life. yeah you've had it you've experienced it firsthand so you know whatever that looks like because at the moment you know it's all in progress to to get there but but you yeah. know it's in progress to get there but it's still impacting my daily life like you know my brother goes through his own stuff I I support him daily like I am my brother's mm -hmm. keeper you know mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I my life at the moment is about my mum and my brother so to see them through the healing journey to actually to pay more attention to my friends to notice them to be there for them when they're going through their struggles you know in my i love my job i like I work as a kind of like careers advisor uh project worker and it, it's like a, a, a counselor role as well because you have to counsel people through things mm -hmm. and i just love it i i love because these are I, I work with ex-offenders those who struggle with addiction and stuff mm -hmm. and to talk to them on a daily basis actually it just humbles me because yeah. these people are living in hell mm -hmm. and they're still living you know they've gone through hell and they're still living and um so i think it's just impacted my daily life oh, like open your eyes and just mm -hmm. look around you i mean it sounds like you found your purpose 
Yeah. Sounds like you were lost for so many years because of obviously what happened. But I, I fully believe like, you know, without you going through those experiences, you wouldn't be where you are today. Uh, yeah, everything totally. happens for a reason. I know it sounds cliche and I say it all the yeah, time. Yeah, no, I believe that. So true. It's true, isn't it? It's so true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, I, I would love to get you on in a year's time and then talk about how your year's been. I know we're in a, a difficult time at the moment in the world, but um, I'd love to hear like in a year's time to see where you're at, what you've been doing, what impact you've made and yeah, the, the purpose that you've spread, the impactful purpose you've spread across people's lives. I think that'd be amazing. Um, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, look, um, yeah. Okay. I don't think there's much more to say than that, but thank you so much for coming on and telling your story. I'm forever grateful. Um, if you are listening to this and you've got this far, um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, forever grateful. Please do share this with someone who you think might see value in this, who you think might be going through a similar situation that Rebecca can potentially help um, by telling her story. Um, I think that's uh, that's the best thing. Got quite emotional through some of that when you were speaking as well. Like I, was just, <laughs> I couldn't even <laughs> open my mouth at some point. So um, yeah, no, amazing, amazing. Um, any Any final well, words? To, to people listening no i always think like don't you know when you kind of go through a hard stuff and everything reaches like rock bottom everything falls apart you don't have to have a comeback straight away like mm. the comeback is actually you working on yourself noticing certain things about you like breaking down the toxic thoughts and habits is really not an easy process and it's not a all it's not a glorious one it's not a social media one you yeah. know like um it's very painful so i think you know, and that's what I'm doing. I just want to get myself right. And, you know, we'll never be fully right. No. But, and we'll Life's always journey, have stuff to work on. Yeah, it's a journey. Mm. But I'm just, I want to be in a solid place. So then, and I am in a solid, I am in a much better place now. But I just want to get to a place where I, I can actually refuse, like, if I notice, if I get into, I start dating someone and I notice signs, I can actually just be like, nah, like I'm off. <laughs> yeah. so I, I want to be solid in myself so then I can actually say no because mm -hmm. I think that's a big problem you know women being in abusive relationships but yeah but thanks for having me on no you're welcome thank you thank you so much um yeah I think we'll, we'll leave it there Rebecca thank you so much uh, thank you let's speak in a year's time <laughs> see, yeah let's see do what's it happened. We'll, we'll schedule it this time next year I'll yeah the there you go and also yeah remember check out uh rebecca's podcast the rock bottom up podcast i'll put the links below um so yeah definitely check it out some some powerful stuff cool right. thank you so thank much you, rebecca Sanjay. see you later bye Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Ignite Your Mind podcast. This is a safe place for real talk on discovering powerful stories, talking about mental health, real business journeys, and hearing inspiring stories. Please do subscribe if you are listening to this on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts, and leave me a comment. And more importantly, share this with anyone who you think may take value from it. New podcast every Friday at 12pm. I look forward to seeing you next week.